We are oh, out here. Tag. Fuck y'all talking about. Sophisticated tag. ignorance. Are y'all fucking crazy? That's a fact. Talk are y'all crazy? Yo, y'all get me tight. Like, I be out here trying to be humble. Let's not get fucking crazy. Sophisticated ignorance. I miss this. I'll tell you right now. I really do. Do you? I do. I do. How badly? Very badly. So badly. Let's get the show started. <laughs> Welcome to Sophisticated Ignorance. I am Vixen J. Hi, it's Rovi. How you doing? How you How you doing? Not how you doing. We not doing that. Just how I'm, are you doing? Well, I'm doing good. <laughs> well, I, I, I always said it that way because of the Wendy Williams movie on Lifetime. You mean the debacle? Did you watch it? I haven't yet, but I don't think I want to. Not yeah. yet. Why because I have a image. Of, I didn't. I've never watched the Wendy Williams show either. My Wendy Williams um, vision is from circa two thousand and five to two thousand and ten, and that was when Wendy was good. Yeah, yeah. I was listening back then. Oh wait, listening on the radio. On the radio with her and Charlemagne wow. with the hee haw hee haw. That was the funny. You mean the funny donkey? Of, the donkey of the day. <laughs> no, no, no. Hee haw, hee haw. That was, a, bef- that was prior ma- to Donkey of the Day that Charlemagne's doing. I promise you, do your work, okay. do your research. Well, you you made a donkey noise, so I assumed. That's what it, she used to do. She used to do. It wasn't she, Donkey wait, of the Day, but it was she, a hee haw. She made went, a don. She made yeah. a donkey noise. Yes. With her mouth, or was it like a sound? It was effect? a sound, and then you know they looped it. They recorded it. They looped it. Anytime mm. somebody did something. You dumb. know, dumb or ignorant. They'll okay. just go, hee-haw, hee-haw. And I guess that's where um, Donkey of the Day graduated from, you know? Okay. Exactly. Uh, you taught me something that I had no interest in caring to know. So thank oh, you. <laughs> I think you would have enjoyed it, honestly. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I know Wendy Williams is spicy and whatever the case would be. From what I've heard, I've not seen the Lifetime special or the movie but I heard it was a lot going on. Yeah. So for yeah. those who have watched, hope you enjoyed. Uh, not, none of my business. There will sure. be no spoilers over here. Because there's nothing to spoil. I mean, <laughs> we didn't watch it. So <laughs> there's our very uh, spoiler-free review of the thing we never watched. <laughs> <laughs> Get more of our non-watch spoilers only on this show. So great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Let's go with the word of the week, shall we? Oh, word of the week. Hmm. Yes. We haven't done that in a while. Haven't done that in a while. What word described my week? My week had a lot of ups and downs, peaks and valleys. Hmm. This seems to be every week for you, Roby. What's going on? Wow. Not coming at my neck. I'm not could, coming at your neck. Could you, could you not uh, break it? <laughs> Yeah. Every, every time we talk, it's like, oh, my week had ebbs and flows. It's like, oh. Well, you know what? It's not consistently happy and it's not consistently bad. It's fear. So my word of the week is fear. And the answer is okay. It's fear. <laughs> it's just up and down, but it was consistently in the middle. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. After you did after you did the averages of the ups and the downs, it just went straight to the middle. So I'm good. It's fair. But you made it. You made it, and that's all. That I matters. made it. So you know, I'm happy. 
Okay, good. Uh, my word for the week is tough. Um, it was a good week, but a lot of tough conversations. I learned a lot about friendship this week and what that means and its value. So, oh, that's nice. I um, that's something that I've been working through, and yeah, you know, sometimes tough conversations leads to positive results. That's true. That is my word for the week. Other than that, everything is fine. Nothing too bad. I mean, it snowed up here in uh, New York. Ooh, 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 ooh. I, I know. I know you don't. Oh, oh. I know. All right. <laughs> uh, she, you're a little too excited to hear about the snow up here that you don't get to feel. I would, first of all, it's cold as hell. Where? <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you where because everyone judges me and I don't appreciate that. Let, let's compare colds, shall we? So I know here in New York, where we just had a snowstorm, it is definitely the average of 37 degrees. Oh, let I me got hear, you. I got you. I let got me hear you. your cold. Our cold, our low was a 46. So next topic. So let's let's get to the topic uh, at hand. Don't want to waste any time uh, talking about frivolous things. This girl's talking about 40 degrees. It's Have you ever heard of Miami being 46 degrees? Ever? Like, period? But y'all still wearing light jackets and shit. It's cold. I mean, I don't even want to admit this, but I sleep with a heater. Oh, heaven forbid. Oh, boy. Let's not catch pneumonia out here in these streets. At 85 degrees. You know what? I don't care. You know what? Fuck you. It's cold as hell out here. And I'm, I know it doesn't compare to the snowstorms. You know, I'm a survivor of being outside, standing in a bus stop with my Tim's on and my North Face jacket and my book bag waiting for the 15 bus. So I know what cold feels like. This cold is a different type of cold. It is not the Why? same cold. Why is it different? It's a different type of cold. I don't know. The, the chill just hits your bones out here. It's different. Hits your bones. Yes. Oh, hits girl. Your bones. I can't. I can't relate. All right. You know, this is why I don't think I can open up to you in regards to weather conversations, being that I'm in a, a more warmer climate. climate. Yes, yeah, tropical. But it, it still it still gets cold. At the end of the day, it is still winter. So let's all keep that in mind. That's I, and you know what? I'm happy that everyone took the snowstorm. Well, I saw a lot of my friends, they went out, they did sledding, <laughs> snow fights, they built snowmen. And I was like, why I didn't have this fun when I was there? Like, so everybody was just second. Yeah, I, I'm. You're jealous of <laughs> us up here playing in the snow when you have your tropical weather, quote unquote. And you're jealous <sighs> of us. Let's not do that. And I didn't use the word jealous. You did. I am just, you know... A bit... Synonym for jealous is... <laughs> I'm missing out. Oh, missing out. Yeah. Well, missing I, out on home, my home base. That's what I meant okay. to say. Okay? Well, if you would like me to send you some snow rope. No, that's okay. fine. Oh, but I thought you were missing out. That I, I'm good. I see. Hee-haw. I see. Well... <laughs> <laughs> So to continue our unsung heroes for the month, you know, Rovi had uh, Tia last week, and now I am going to introduce my name hero, uh, Wally Amos. My name hero, I'm going to explain. Okay. So Wally Amos is the man behind 
the very popular cookie brand, Famous Amos Cookies. And this is something that I used to never reveal to much people in the past because I didn't want the smoke. Wait, hold on. There's a reveal? I am a grown man now, and I'm very honored and not ashamed of my name. So for the listening audience, my middle name is Amos. I'm not afraid to admit it. And the fact that you're laughing makes you a demon and a devil. That's fine. <laughs> and there it goes. Wait. I'm triggered all over again. There it is. The automatic Wait. laughter. Wait. Without no. fail. No, that's, I am not laughing at the name, all right? I'm just put that out there. I'm not laughing at the name. Well, it's funny because I'm not laughing, so you're not laughing with me. So are you laughing at me? I am laughing, all right, here's the scenario, right, that I've known you all of these years, mm-hmm. and I'm only finding out that this is your middle name. That's why I'm laughing. Oh, I see. So you're laughing at the okay. reveal, not because the it's The reveal, it was, it, was, it was the reveal that did it for me. Uh, it's I the see. reveal for gotcha. me, okay? Gotcha. Hmm. All right. I will believe that for now. Okay, famous. There it is. There goes there goes the bullying. Anyway. <laughs> so Wally Wallace Wally Amos Jr. was born in 1936. Mm-hmm. And once again, he was the owner of the famous Amos cookie brand. Now, this is one thing that a lot of people don't know about the cookies. He actually got a loan for the cookie brand from two very popular people. I'm pulling this from his Wikipedia page, but this is very important, guys. Do your research. In 1975, a friend suggested to Amos that he set up a store to sell his cookies. And in March of that year, the first famous Amos cookie store opened in L.A. He started the business with the help of a $25,000 loan from Marvin Gaye and Helen Reddy. Aww. This man, okay, got a loan from Marvin Gaye. Mr. I want you. Do you want me to want you to? They should do like a, some commemorative cookies like that. He needs Wally Amos. He needs a Lifetime movie. Definitely. He needs a Lifetime If they movie. can have wrap snacks, they can definitely do this for him. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm so serious. Similar to Wendy Williams, Wally Amos needs a Lifetime movie about his cookies. Okay. All right. I'm that serious. Wendy. I mean, we just talked about Wendy, so yeah. He needs his own Lifetime movie. Let's do it. He deserves. Yeah. He deserves the company, it all. The company began to expand it, and eventually famous Amos cookies, chocolate chip cookies, could be found on a supermarket shelves across the U.S. Yeah. This guy, this guy. But, but that's how it is, you know. When somebody helps out somebody else, and then, you know, they believe in their, you know, their dream, their passion, their product, that's how they're able to, you know, spring ahead and... Make something, and boom, he got a great cookie business. Right. Unfortunately, he had to sell the business later on in life, but at the point is is that he put he, cookies on the map. Mm-hmm. And to this day, you could go to your local corner store or whatever and get your little famous Amos cookies and just remember that Wallace Amos Jr. did that shit. And that, my friends, is this week's Unsung Hero. I like it. I'm proud. I'm, I'm prouder. I'm, I'm happy. I'm more proud than you. We're not gonna one up each other because you already you already won because your middle name's Amos. I appreciate that unsung hero. I I enjoyed it. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on to our topic, shall we? Okay, famous. Don't do that. <laughs> this week we're talking about decolonizing tourism. Oh, I actually wanted to get in on that. Yes, hence us talking about it right now. Yeah, I, I don't really know much about about that. I have my my own thoughts about it. Well, let's discuss. I don't know if you know about this account on Instagram. It's called Know Your Caribbean. So the post says, how do we decolonize tourism? And the caption reads, there's a difference between service and servitude. My friend told me of a 1999 billboard in Barbados saying, tourism in your duty, play your part. COVID-19 and Caribbean tourism has me in my feelings. How do we do it? We know of the people who are traveling around this time, right? Uh, people are going to islands, people are taking group trips, people are doing all these things. Now, I'm going to reserve my feelings on how I feel about that. I'm actually not going to. My re- <laughs> Yeah, it didn't, that didn't make sense, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. No, I mean, because the thing is, is I don't want my opinions about it to necessarily reflect the conversation because this is a broader conversation. Me personally, I think that though traveling is encouraged, I feel that certain people who are not a- capable of being responsible when it comes to travel should not travel. Right. People that, don't know that, how to travel. Across the board. People just want to travel. They don't know how to travel. And realistically, if you are going to travel, though it shouldn't be your first choice, you should be traveling responsibly and ideally traveling by yourself. People are taking group trips to Tulum, talking yeah. about, oh, wish you were here and all this bullshit. And then these are the same <laughs> people complaining about we're never getting out of this panorama. And it's just like, but you're the one that's, that's you're the one. You're doing this. It's sticky now with uh, with COVID and um, the immense need of getting out now. A lot of people have FOMO and they want to get out and go to places that potentially are COVID-free and then also increase cases there as well, too. But my thing is, okay, yes, I, I hear what you're saying about missing out, the FOMO aspect. But how can you miss out on something when ideally nobody should be doing it? You know, it's kind of like, oh, I'm missing out on this concert. But if no one goes to the concert, then there's nothing to miss. Right. And mind you, it's, it's I, like people have traveled to the islands before. The islands aren't going anywhere. You know? so but it's is- different. It's different now because when you tell someone that they can't do something, it drives them to want to do it even more. That's just part of our human nature. So by saying um, there's travel bans to these countries, there are people that's going to say, you know, it's my right to travel, regardless of what the scenario is, regardless of the pandemic, regardless of um, exploiting tourism, regardless of whatever it is, their primary goal is their self need to feel better about getting out and traveling because somebody told them they couldn't. Right. And everyone needs an escape. I get it. Look, people, as I said, people have been running to Tulum, a.k.a. Miami, too. People have been running to all these other islands and stuff because they, you know, within the context of quarantine and, and a pandemic and COVID, people just want to break from that. But also, there's a bigger conversation of even though you take this break and you go away, you're just going to have to come back anyway. Yep. And you going away does not negate the fact that a pandemic is still happening. So it's like, come on, where are your priorities at? You know what I mean? Yeah, And this is what I'm saying. If you want to travel, which once again, I'm not pushing anyone to do, but if you want to travel, be safe as fuck. 
a lot yeah. of people aren't being safe. And not, this is why all these not cases. not any precautions. Yep. Right. And this is why all these cases in these different islands are going up because of these tourists that come to the island for that level of escape or that they just need to get away and then they're just causing more harm than good. So I think in the context of decolonizing tourism in a sense, that's where it comes in where it's like, all right, think about the old days where colonizers would go to different places and pretty much cause all types of havoc without consideration of the native people. And yep. we and we as black people, we're culprits of it too. So it's not this is not just a white person thing. This is a black person thing as well. Yeah. Right? And we're going to get more into that. But really the conversation comes down to the fact that, you know, we need to be more mindful of our effects when it comes to travel and how we are perpetuating, you know, the dangers, especially now at this time. And I think once again, this is a spicy topic because people are, as you said, very sensitive, yeah. are very sensitive, sensitive about it. People do want to go out or they do want to travel and go places while others is like, yo, why are you doing this? This should not be a thing. So we are going to want to get, break this down and really just get to the bottom of should y'all be out there or not? Well, can I ask you a question? Ask me a question, please. What does, what does uh, decolonization travel mean to you? Like in your own words. I think similar to the example that I just gave about, you know, foreigners coming into certain places and taking from the native place without necessarily contributing properly. Mm. I think that's a level of it's a lot of take, take, take and not enough give. Right. Right. Because when we think about tourism, it's like, all right, even if you want to think about it on a basic level, I mean, yes, there's the economic aspect of giving back to the country or where the case would be. But for the most part, it's a lot of like take, take, take. It's like you're, you're going to this place, you're utilizing the resources, you're taking all these things. You're, it's an unequal balance. It's an equal balance. Right. And if yeah. anything, if at the end of the day, the only balance, quote unquote, is the monetary aspect, then it's just like, but yeah there's so much more rippling effects that happens to these countries outside of just, okay, tourism is one of the main sources of income. I was actually having a conversation about that with a friend of the show because she's a travel blogger. Shout outs to Dev. And she's a travel blogger. So for me, I understand that this is kind of like her source of income, right? Mm -hmm. And she, for me, is a responsible traveler. Right. And mind you, she's traveling by herself. That gives me a little bit more confidence in the fact that she could be able to go here and there. But she's very mindful of like, you know, COVID rules and safety and guidelines. And she's not just like flying, zipping left and right yep. and causing all types of calamity. Cross contamination. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that at least gives me a level of hope. At the end of the day, I don't know how she travels or, or the ins and outs. But for the most part, it's like, all right, this is something that she's already established prior to the pandemic. And this isn't for traveling you know, notion. So she, I'm pretty sure, is more aware of things now more than before. Nonetheless, mm -hmm. you know, one of the arguments that she brought up, because uh, I posted something on the IG uh, for the podcast, where there was this other travel blogger talking about how she was from Barbados, and she noticed how people traveling during the pandemic caused cases to spike up there and stuff like that. And the argument came from Dev in the aspect of what about countries who rely on tourism as a sense of income. Right. You know, the people on the ground, they're like the taxi cab drivers or other people within that space. They rely on these things heavily. And it's not like us in the United States that have like a level of like unemployment or bailout for those right. type of industries. So it was like, how do they survive? Very good point. Something that I personally never thought of before, right? 
but I think where the conversation of decolonizing tourism comes in, where it's like, okay, how do we take away that primary source of income that is tourism for some of these islands and replace it with something else that's sustainable? There's arguments on both sides of the spectrum. But I actually found this article uh, about decolonizing travel, and it gives certain aspects that um, we could certainly focus on and, and really think about. And we're also going to talk about the uh, Bali couple that was a big buzz um, recently with their experience. But before we go there, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Um, I didn't hear about the Bali couple, but I'm interested to to listen. I'm actually even uh, still learning about decolonizing travel. I would think that whoever is going to a different country, you know, be mindful and think about your travel experience and think about the way you're vacationing at another person's home, you know? Like, basically, just be a better guest in someone else's homeland. You know what I mean? Treat, treat it as if it's your home as well, too, you know? Like, my cousin brought up um, the other day, traveling to Grenada. You need, right now, and this is just for a health concern, not even in regards to tourism, the health concern behind it, you need your COVID screening three days prior and you still need to get quarantined when you get there, regardless if you're negative, just so you can still bring the cases down. And on top of that, when people are coming in, there are customs checking to see if people are bringing in things, you know, you know, Caribbean people, not to outsess, but people bring stuff to sell. That's another source of income, you know, um, there's other types of ways that they try to tax, you know, foreigners to try to increase, you know, some type of monetary supplement, their primary source of income. But a lot of people take that for granted as well, too. There's abuse of power on, on both ends. So it, it's, it's hard to, to level off and negate what's right and what's wrong and what's good for everyday living, day-to-day living, the the working man's living, how is he supposed to survive if there are extreme like rules to decolonize tourism? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's it's a very dicey topic. And I, I'm glad that you brought up Grenada because even prior to the pandemic, you know, we would see how people would go to the island and kind of, especially the whites, uh, you know, would kind of <laughs> utilize tourism there. And it's just like, what was their point? What What was the point or what was like the main takeaway of them going there? outside right. of just travel, but it's like, what are they contributing back to the economy, right? And Nothing the answer really. wasn't, wasn't much. Nothing really. They would just go to the little sandals resort. They'll just sit there, chill out, blah, 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 whatever, and then go on their merry way. It's like going into somebody else's home. You, you are the guest. You know, you treat it as though it's your own home. The same way people do bread and breakfast, Airbnbs. You know, the consequences, if you break something or if there's something missing, you're going to get, you're going to have to pay any type of penalty fees. These people don't have penalty fees. If they come to quote unquote colonize and take advantage of the tourism, they're going to do whatever they want, fly in, do anything they want, have no penalties and fly back home and even fly back home. There's no penalties because only recently now you need a negative COVID test to come back into the U.S., and right. this is only in 2021 now. So even when it, the pandemic broke out in 2020 last year, people were flying in and out and they didn't have any type of um, consequences or repercussions because they can do whatever they want. Uh-huh. 
you know? Yeah, and, and once again, that just goes back to having a level of safety that not much people utilize when it comes to traveling. And I think, I mean, now more than ever, it just goes to show how people travel and the methods that they use and how unsafe that we've been. But not even a matter of safety, just more in the sense of like going to these different places and, and once again, kind of colonizing Mm-hmm. the aspects of their stay and we don't think about that because once again we're all just thinking about oh want to go out want to have fun want to get away want to escape right and we go to jamaica we go to trinidad and we go to all these other islands and even other countries like a tulum or mexico or all these other islands and stuff and we just don't think about our effect as people visiting on that place itself so something to certainly keep in mind so speaking of that let's get into the bali story before we Get into yeah, I'm interested to hear, hear about this. So, basically what happened, you live on Twitter, or you peruse Twitter ever so often. But there was my a, <laughs> The fact that it's still free is such a blessing. But yes, <laughs> so there was a story about this couple who talked about their experience in Bali. And uh, one of the girls, it's a black lesbian couple, but the main person uh, accounted her stay and experience in Bali talking about how, oh, it was such a great experience. And at the time she was living in LA and she found herself like needing an escape or just trying to change her lifestyle. And she decided to go to Bali and pretty much she just talked about after multiple people asked her about her experience, just talking about how it was so much more better. Her dog could stretch more over there. She was capable of, you know, making a life for herself as well as, you know, flocking to a black community of people over there as well. Okay. And she was just really just hyping it up, right? But what happened was the people of that country got wind of what she was talking about and they accused her of being a colonizer. Mm. And we don't really think of it that way because it's like, okay, well, as a black woman... As a person you know, of color, how can you As a you person colonize? of color, how can you be a colonizer? But right. You know, nobody thought of the other spectrum of the people that actually live there. And they're like, this country is not your, pretty much your savings ground. You know what I mean? It's not a place where you or anybody else should be able to come and take advantage of the, I guess, cheaper living experience. Because that's their experience. That's their day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh, yeah, there was, there was just a huge controversy about her and her partner being able to be there and that turned into a whole argument online and uh yeah it was it was first of first of all people were saying that she should have just kept her travels to herself you know and that's one of the main sentiments about traveling now it's like hey if you're going to travel keep that shit to yourself because you being on social media and flaunting it to other people doesn't exactly help granted so what is why why does she have to stifle her experience i mean where I'm hearing it, it doesn't sound like it's coming from a negative place. Well, according to this article, it says here that the Indonesians, so the people of that region, across the diaspora caught wind of Gray. So her name is Kristen Gray. This article says, Indonesians across the diaspora caught wind of Gray's thread and heavily criticized her with accusations of gentrification, settler colonization, and American privilege. Some of them going so far as tagging immigration in their replies. Mm, that right? is big. So what does she really say? That's crazy. She came out with an ebook that she was selling people to talk okay, about. Okay, well then, like, yeah, she's profiting off of their 
Yeah, no. You know, okay. like the thread that she made on Twitter about the whole thing got really popular. Mm. And, you know, it, that's what I'm saying is like, if she had just kept her mouth shut and just enjoyed her little body stay, nobody would have said a word. Or could have, yeah. Even if, she, even if she did do a thread, I'm not, I'm not against that either. But the fact that she's profiting off another culture is where the disconnect lies. Like, why are you taking money? Why are you publishing a book that... There's a lot of avenues to go through before you even get that far. Like, you could post your little Instagram picture, your Twitter quote and famous song line, and have a good time, whatever. Shoot the breeze, BS, whatever. But once you start and you go into that realm of exploiting someone else's um, daily living and trying to, I guess, pocket off of it, of course they're going to go against it. Who wouldn't? Right. And I just that's wanna, exactly what colonizers do. <laughs> yes, exactly what colonizers do. I want to read an excerpt from the article before we dive into that. Uh, so this article is from Zora, and it says, uh, but this story reveals something much deeper about the lengths marginalized people with all the best intentions will go to for escape and leisure that can upend the lives of other marginalized people in a new locale. Gray's controversy and subsequent deportation were already put into motion. So by the way, they got deported. I should have mentioned that part too. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yes. So after all this came out, they were deported from the country. That's a lot. Wow. Right. So okay. Gray's controversy and subsequent de- deportation were already put into motion with the quickness of the digital communities, the capitalist engine that pits travelers and locals against one another, and the American privilege that has become all too clear and severe during the global pandemic. So once again, you know, us... Me and you, let's say if we were like, yo, screw America, because hashtag America's ghetto. Uh, screw this country. I need to go away. I need a new fresh start. It's some other marginalized place. I go to a place like Bali. I look at everything. And mind you, you know, we're all working from home, but in, in the aspect of being able to kind of survive, right? Because right. once again, this girl was living in LA, and I'm pretty sure she was making her... De- like, her dollar was not stretching as much as when she went overseas. It's expensive out there, yeah. Yeah. So, her going there and th- realizing things are in- more are inexpensive, comparable to, and all these things, of course she's going to have a, a grand-ass time. So, but then that's the thing. It's just like, it. you just are not mindful of your effect on that, that populace or that economy. And she got to ask it out to them. Uh, I I think she got excited uh, about these quote unquote cheap prices and probably think it's a quote cheap country to live in based on her dollar amount. But it, there there are no cheap countries out here, you know. There's economic inequalities, and mm-hmm. um, you know she should you know I'm not saying she should have majored in like international politics, but she should have done her research before she went to a country. That's that's another thing a lot of people don't do. That is, you know? that's another, yep. Do do your research before you go there. And even if your dollars can be stretched, that doesn't mean that that country's local currency is undervalued, you know? And, and I think that is what invoked them to feel as though she's colonizing because in a sense, she is. She's trying to say, oh, look, um, I'm a foreigner and... Um, I'm getting this money and I can stretch it out here. The exchange rate is so much better. Um, I, I'm pocketing money from you. And also, not on top of that, I'm spending less money 
and I'm using your experience in my own <laughs> daily life, in my own thread, and I'm also making sure I have some kind of ebook or whatever that I can tell other people about my experience, but I'm going to still pocket it, the money off before, you know, even saying, let me volunteer it to a local orphanage or mm -hmm. give, give it to... Yeah to a school or a family that's in need or something like that, a church. There's so many, so many values. Like the, the fact that she undervalued their currency there is, is that's the biggest, that's the biggest downfall. Nobody is traveling in the aspect of, oh, I'm looking to give back. That's just not our goal when it comes it, to travel. It's not. You think that people go into Tulum is thinking about the, the local churches but and the local... But in Tulum is going back and making a book about their experience and then... Rovi, we don't Getting need a book. It. It's called Instagram. <laughs> we, we, we see what's going on. People are posting shit every day. If anything, we need a picture book because everyone's posting a damn picture over there, son. We don't, we don't need an e-book to tell us how to live our lives over there or how to enjoy ourselves. Like, I, I, I just don't understand how... And I'm not saying that you have to be a savior. I'm not saying you have to give back, but you are traveling there. You know what I mean? You're, just, you're a traveler. You're traveling to another person's homeland. Okay, mm. treat it as such. You are the guest. You go. are the guest. You can't just go and stomp in, in your big dogs and do whatever you want to do. No, <laughs> the, the, the cultural differences are so vast. Like if you do something in one culture, it might be disrespectful in another. Like they, yeah. do your research. Don't cheat people out of their money. <laughs> well, let's let's because you're you're raising all the points that are in this other article that I found. Okay. Uh, so let's just go through them. Real, let's go through them real quick and let's talk about them because I think they're all very important. And for okay. me, I'm not a huge traveler, right? The mm. most foreign, I mean, outside of like the Caribbean islands for A, B, and B, A and B for the most part. But those were very specific experiences because, for example, when I went to Jamaica, there was there was a phase where I was going, like there was like a destination wedding phase. Oh yeah, I was. I was. I went to mad destination weddings, yeah. like the early two thousand tens or whatever. Like the shit was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But in that regard, it's like we're in a all inclusive hotel or a resort or whatever. So we're not exactly taking the chance to go outside of that. Okay. Even when I went to DR, DR was an, a good experience, and I did. I was able to do some local things, but. I didn't stay that long, and I feel like I didn't really do too much to kind of shake anything in a bad way. We did support local businesses when I was there, and yeah, so that was cool. So anyway, right. all that to say. Normal, normal stuff. Normal stuff. Normal Not stuff. exactly, you know, causing any type of wild... The immigration, have the UN come knocking at your door, like, come on. <laughs> no, all I wanted to do was go there for some good food and the beach. Uh, I wasn't disrupting any type of, uh, you know country's stability or anything but yeah so you know with this conversation and multiple people multiple people having it uh especially in the travel industry uh this article that i found here as well uh is titled decolonizing travel going ethically to under-resourced countries so mm -hmm. we could we could reply we could apply this to islands and stuff as well so let's go through the points here so the first point is you're a traveler not a savior Okay. When considering the ethics of visiting a place, it's important to ask yourself precisely what it is that you're looking to get out of it. So, right. 
Yeah, um, but I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess to that point. It's, the, it's all about the whole research. Like, why do you want to go there? Like, like you said, I enjoyed the food. Look, Anthony Bourdain, he went places because he enjoyed different types of food, different types of, of countries made. All right, so you, the, the purpose of you traveling, you might want to go for food. You might want to go for scenic views. You might want to go for culture. You might want to go for history, you know. Maybe you found out through whatever DNA and me that you're one-eighth Mexican or something and you want to explore that part. Whatever the reason is, you know, no one does their research. Somebody's like, oh, I just want to go because she was, uh, she took a swing on the the Bali swing across the, the Indian Ocean and I just want to go there too and swing so I can get an Instagram picture. That is majority of people's reasons for traveling. Right. Why else would you want to? <laughs> it's all about the gram. You're not traveling it's, for it's the so experience. It's so funny. Even before Instagram, people, you know, people use a backpack in Europe for the hell of it. Just for the hell of it. For the experience. Nobody does it for the experience anymore. It's not for the experience. When was the last time you backpacked anywhere? I've never. And I wouldn't. So you don't want it for the experience? I don't want to backpack, period. <laughs> you, you I would really... glam. I would glamp a million, <laughs> a million, million times over before I backpack anywhere. I don't mind it for the experience, but I wouldn't backpack. But people used to do that. Like now, for Instagram, this is why homegirl got caught with her thread. You do, you doing it for the likes. She was too loud. Exactly. And she thought she thought that she was going to be the plug on some. Hey, y'all, Bali's where it's at. Y'all can stop That's fucking what with I found that. I found this new country that y'all didn't know about. <laughs> I'm putting y'all on. And guess what? My dollar stretches further there at that country that y'all don't know about. And right. guess what? I can live there cheaper than I live in America. So I'm trying to put y'all on and come over here. Right. I'm yeah. big rich. Y'all brokies need to get with the program. Come over here to Bali. Okay? Because <laughs> Bali's where it's at. You know what I mean? Like, y'all paying y'all rents and shit. I own a whole building. Whatever she was spewing, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but the point thing is, is that no. So I kind I get the point of this point. I get the point of this particular um, reference of your travel and not a savior. And I think this is more applied to like you know other types of countries that kind of fit in this category where white people would go there and think they're you know playing around with the dirty yeah. African kids in the country. On the other end of the spectrum, yeah, like yeah. Um, Sally Struthers who ripped off all the kids. For feeding, Correct. yep. Yeah, that she's their savior. Yeah, that's the that. This is a good example of decolonizing it in the regards of like, oh, I have to go to this third world country, quote unquote, and and save the people there from squalor or whatever. But yeah, so I get that point. So let's go to the next one. Better to do research than to assume. This is what you were talking about mm -hmm. before about research. And certain people don't do this before they go places. They're just like, oh, saw this on line or oh pretty picture oh have to go and nothing's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that mm. nothing wrong with that i want to say that because mm. i learned about the keisha islands on some random show i don't even know what show it's on it's like and i was like oh my god that place looks really pretty but i didn't stop there i didn't say okay i'm gonna go there i took it a step further i pulled out my phone looked up Keisha Islands <laughs> looked up where it was located, how long the flight will be, 
what actually is at Keyshell's Islands and what I can actually do there. The problem lies is some people don't do all of that. You know what I mean? They do it because such and such went there. Now I must go. You know what I mean? Everybody's going to Tulum because, well, one is cheap. One. One is oh, cheap. Oh, so you know. <laughs> you did research. First of all, I went to Tulum before it was popping. So oh, you're not going to go, go there. Here we go. It's hot as hell over there. Because it's I'm Mexico. It's I'm Mexico. not going back. I went, I went, we looked at the Mayan tombs. I went diving in the caves. I guarantee you none, none of the people going now are doing <laughs> any of those things. I guarantee you they're not looking at any tombs or any freaking sites. None I of enjoyed it because tequila is my favorite alcohol. So mm. I wanted to know the history of tequila. So we went, we found out about the different types of tequilas, the barrels, the storing, how it's made, the cane. We tasted it, which was the best part. It was so, it's so many different, I guess, cultural things behind it that I enjoyed. So you're better than most because anybody's exploration of the history of tequila as they go now is how long I've been drinking it from the morning to the evening. Oh Lord, <laughs> that's not true. I'm, that's their I'm historical going take. To give there are people out there with, I'm going to give them more credit than you are giving them. Sure. I mean, there, there is a lot. I would, I would say there's a lot of people who just do it just to flaunt. You know, we are, everyone's in a, doing it. To flaunt. We are in an age to flaunt. So that's it. Like regardless of, any type of disparities along the line. We are here to flaunt it. I've not heard anyone talk about Tulum and culture in the same sentence as far as this pandemic is going to be concerned. Well, you ain't talking no to me. But, but <laughs> mind you, you're the hipster of it all. You went to Tulum oh. before before it was hot, okay? Uh, when Tulum that. was just Tulum and not Miami part two. So <laughs> anyway, nonetheless. But yes, better to do your research than to assume. Just as you carefully look at the weather at major sightseeing spots, make sure to acquaint yourself with local cultural norms, history, and the current mm -hmm. state of affairs inside the country you're planning to visit. I don't mm -hmm. mean simply looking at an appropriate dress codes, but also asking some deeper questions. The Ooh. answer is people don't do this. They're deeper right? questions. If anything, they look at the weather, they look at what they, how they should dress, they pack So you say that. you can't wear your, your ass shorts, your booty shorts, uh, all over town because of the culture in another... Country? It depends on where you're going. Don't yeah. do that shit do in research. fucking. Don't that's, do that shit in, in Bora do Bora. Research. Don't don't do that. I mean, granted, yes, the weather permits, but come on. If you're going to a country that is riddled by political turmoil, you are the only person with shit, booty shorts and your booty hanging out. It's a right. problem. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a whole coup happening in the government. Look at you. Good job. Good job. You're the fool. You can't do these things. You have to do research. Absolutely right. I totally agree with this. Right. As do I. Now, here's another thing that's similar to what we talked about with the Bali experience. Don't get all excited about, quote unquote, cheap prices. Mm -hmm. Cheap countries don't exist. Economy, economic inequalities do. If your dollars or euros can be easily stretched to afford your stay in a place, it only means that the local currency is undervalued in terms of yours. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't the fact that oh, chicken fly to Bali and be rich over there is the fact that the value of their dollar was Exactly, the currency rate. That's what I'm saying. Right. The exchange rate is... is, is she probably, I, don't, I don't know the exchange rate for, for Bali. She probably got like $10 for every American dollar. Who knows? I don't know. But it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, the parameters are different 
in Bali than the U.S. Duh. Like, how, how could you not know that? Like, this is not something brand new. That you're not spitting facts to me that I don't know. I know if I leave New York and I go to another place, I would probably, my dollar would stretch too. You know what I mean? Regardless. If- of course it will stretch. But at the same time, I'm not going to go to a place like Venezuela with $1,000 and think I'm the fucking president of the country. Like people that, do. People do. People do because they're evil, Roby. <laughs> they're evil. And evil, they don't, not and they, evil. They oh, don't oh. want to go to these places to experience the culture. They want to go mm. there to be landlords. They want to be... Mm. They just want to have control. They want to go there and say, oh, my American dollar equals like 15000 of your shit. So let me throw a 20 in the air and now I'm the king of the what world. What about those people who don't want to feel like landlords and they, um, they just want to go someplace where they can, quote unquote, feel rich? That's grimy. Mm. Imagine if an alien came from their planet and came to the United States with their currency right. we and are, we were undervalued we and now they else. use their one, you know, bullion to, to buy a couple of states. Okay. It sounds far-fetched now. Mm-hmm. But these are, right. the things, these are the things to think about. I am about. not with you, but um, I'm <laughs> listening. I'm listening. I'm but using yeah. a rough example, but that's the, that's the whole point. And that's why that and that's why that ass got kicked out of Bali because they thought they were oh yo deported. That's a whole nother big sh- rich town. Yo, that's listen. Let me tell you something, and I, I'm 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 putting this out there now. I went to freaking Trinidad with my father. My grandfather's from Trinidad, and my cousin gave me like this. It's like a sapodella. It's like a kind of fruit, right? And I was like, oh no, I'm saving this until I get back to the U.S. Right. My dumbass decides to put it in my carry-on, right? So I'm walking around the airport. The dog is following me. I'm like, why is this dog following me? They just tapped me on the shoulder. I was like, ma'am, follow us. And they pulled me to the back. Apparently, I can't bring fruits <laughs> in my travel carry-on. I've done it before from U.S. to the to a foreign country, but not from a foreign country to the U.S. Anyway, from that alone, I got blacklisted on my friggin' passport. So anyway, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. Just from fruit alone, I got blacklisted. Lo and behold, this girl just got deported from a whole other country. It's a wrap for her. Because her ass was too loud. Anywhere. Her ass was too loud. That was it. That's the answer. She could have kept a little Bali travels to herself and she didn't have to say she... It was the ebook for me. It was just like, yeah. why? Yeah. <laughs> that's where she took it too that's far. A, that's a, yeah, she took it too far then. That's a lot. I've never heard that in my whole life. Yeah, she, she tried to get an extra buck and now look at her. Mm-mm-mm. Now you're on a note fly list. Good job. Mm. Anyway. Now she can't go nowhere. That's, hmm. what, that's what I said, no fly list. How about that? Well, hate to see it. She's going to be on a cruise ship, bet you. Bet you. <laughs> bet you a million dollars she's going to go on a cruise ship. Going to Dock and Port and be like, hey, Bali, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> she better not if she knows what's good for her. <laughs> so the next thing is stay local. If you really want to make sure your impact on this place is positive, pay very close attention to where your money is going. Choose to invest in accommodations ran by locals instead of Airbnbs, hotel chains, and expat-owned hostels. Go to local mm. markets and family-owned eateries instead of international chains or prefer like independent, like locally-owned and operated tour companies who ethic, ethical travel 
beliefs are compatible with yours. So yes, this is great. I, I mean, I always like supporting local anyway, and I think it gives a more authentic experience to your travel. And I totally agree that this is definitely the way to go in order to properly provide to the economy. I like that. I do. But I, people I, don't I, do this, Rovi. They don't do this. That's true. I'm not going to lie. Even me sometimes. Uh, I'm not without sin. Sometimes I go someplace and I'm like, oh no, I need to go to this four-star restaurant because I heard about it. That's the experience that I want. But I also like to... You got to like, go you to know, the two-star restaurants, Rove. Right. I also like to <laughs> go on the side where they sell like, you know, all kinds of kind of trinkets on the side of the road. I enjoy, I enjoy all of that. For me, that's my own personal, you know, experience. I like enjoying the local food there. Like, you know, I don't want the restaurant or the hotel food because it's not the same. You don't get the same spices. You don't get the same flavor. You don't get the same amount of love that's put into the food. Like, you know, but once in a blue, I will go to a place where I'm like, yeah, I heard about this. I looked at, I looked up this restaurant. This is where I want to go. Before we go anywhere else, this is where I want to go. Rightfully so, right? I mean, for me, traveling and food is absolutely important. So I want to make sure that if I'm going to a place, I'm hitting up spots and doing that research. But mostly, if I can, you know, and I think I should keep this in mind for future travel, that I want to make sure to support locally, because that's important, you know? It is. And it kind of goes back to that conversation that I was having with um, Dev about, like, you know, countries who are very dependent on tourism and mm -hmm. these are the type of like local people that really need that help it helps the working man right humans are not subjects or curiosities if the reason you've chosen to this destination and your activities in it involves witnessing the plights of others less fortunate than you just don't wow i don't understand why anyone would that's kind of that. sad yeah that's kind of kind of why morbid. would I, like, why would you know, I go to a place to, to experience watch, yeah people somebody's poverty turmoil yeah like no that that doesn't that doesn't that do anything for me doesn't sit well with me and plus all. it doesn't look good on the gram so there's that too <laughs> I just I just don't understand why anyone would do that you you doing it for the gram now uh oh it says here in the article what you consider a shack is actually someone's home. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying, you know? That's exactly what I've been saying. You're going to countries where these are these people's homeland. This is all they know. This is their home. They didn't travel out. They didn't. This is what their lives are. And you're like, oh, wow, your life isn't that great. <laughs> like, right. No. Yeah. Which goes into the point that you've been making this whole episode of you're a guest in somebody's home. Behave as such. As much as you want to experience the quote unquote real local experience, there's simply no way to not there's simply no way to do so as a traveler. The place you're visiting has its own identity, one that existed long before you and any other tourists ever showed up there. So don't expect to change it in order to accommodate you. Uh -uh. And this is what I need to scream to y'all niggas going out and traveling in this time. Do okay. not expect these countries, these islands, everywhere you're trying to visit and have fun, don't expect them to accommodate to you because you want to escape because this is your moment. You're trying to get away, all right? These people still have to operate. These people still have to live. These people still have an economy that they have to deal with outside of you, right? Don't come there and thinking everything has to be catered to you because you throw a couple of dollars here and there. And that's the problem with travel. And that's where that privilege 
of mm -hmm. tourism and, colon yep. and colonization come into place. The audacity is too high for me. Way you know what these people need to do? I have the perfect solution. What? Go on Survivor. I need to the awkward silence I is not good for me. I don't, I don't appreciate you. Let I me tell you why. The spiel is you go on Survivor, you go to your exotic island that you want to go to, and if you want to quote-unquote live impoverished, you get to do that. And then they could realize what life is really about. Because... They're gonna have. They're gonna have to be able to quote unquote live in the shack that they deem beneath them. You know what I mean? But see, at the end of the day, with Survivor, you're winning money. I would like a Survivor aspect where they don't win money. <laughs> so Ooh. you mean a Deviver? <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, it's like Naked and Afraid. Oh no, do they win money on Naked and Afraid? You win I, money on everything that you do. That's an exploitation in itself. Okay. I want Naked and Afraid without the money. I don't want them to win anything. I just want them to be so naked, naked and, and poor. Naked and poor. Boom. There it is. <laughs> naked and poor for 30 days in a place they have no idea where they are at and survive. <laughs> and you know what they win? They win their lives. That's what I want for these damn tools. Kudos these to you tourists. if you get somebody to produce that. <laughs> hey, look, I have a camera. I have all types of equipment. Let's make oh, it happen. Oh, all right. Okay. And the thing is, you have to trick the tourists. You have to trick them into thinking they're going for a full-fledged experience. But plot twist, they're about to get their ass served. It sounds like something I might watch. Oh, of course you would watch. <laughs> <laughs> Locked in for 26 seasons. <laughs> wow, you're not going to come at me. You're not going to come for my neck right now. You're, not, <laughs> you're lucky you got a survivor gang out there that, that feels the same way you do. Yo, once you get it, you, but you know what? We're not going to go on that That's tangent. Fine. Yeah, let's, let's save that let's for not. another day. We, we talked about Survivor enough on this show. Wow. And as I said, I'm, I'm surviving enough myself. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's that. But yes, so I mean, at the end of the day, um, I know the conversation still is raging about different <coughs> ways that people can uh, supplement um, different means of the economic aspects of travel and tourism. I think that's just a bigger conversation to have. I, I don't think we're equipped to have it right now. No. But these type of different places and islands who are that are... But it's good to open up the dialogue about it because a lot no. of people don't, don't talk about it at all. No, for sure. But I think um, based on that Instagram post that I shared with you, uh, a lot of people were bringing up the aspect of what can these countries do to not primarily uh, rely on tourism and have, mm. different, have different financial, I guess, <coughs> ways of bringing in income to the island. Without, especially now with this pandemic where people shouldn't be traveling, yeah. you know, where, what are the other ways to supplement for those uh, economic, like, incomes and stuff? And that's, I think that's an important conversation to have. And well, ones you know, that these governments should really be partaking in, you know? I think it just even with COVID alone, because even though tourism may not be an island or a foreign country's only source of income, and it's primary source of income, but other places probably have like exports of goods and fruits and foods and poultry and meats. And they can't do that now. Like everything is just downregulated because of COVID. And then there's a, a heightened fear of is everything safe? You know what yeah. I mean? So this one comment actually just points to what we were just talking about 
in the sense of like different revenue streams. But this person uh, from this Know Your Caribbean uh, post says, I want freedom for my tourism for my Caribbean. I pray for the day when tourism is not the main source of income for Caribbean countries and we develop other sustainable ways of providing revenue to our lands. Tourism could be one of the ways, but I pray that it's not the only way. People come here to get away from COVID and bring in more COVID here yep. and have government talking, taking on more costs to quarantine them and getting vexed to be quarantined. Yep. Pretty much basically the whole point, right? It's an unfortunate catch-22. You, yep. want, you want to travel to get away from COVID and stuff like that, and you go to these countries who are primarily reliant on tourism, and on you, tourism, think that you're, yep. you think that you're doing a good service, but at the end of the day, it's like you're also causing the problem. And then when they tell you that they're following guidelines, you get mad at the guidelines because you didn't think you had to quarantine yourself for a trip to the Caribbean when you want to be out on the beach gallivanting in, in the streets. Yep. This is why they're being so proactive now. Even... Even carnivals. Carnivals are all canceled until... Big cancel. Indefinitely. You know, and a lot of people take joy in that. No carabanas. No, um, what... Crop over. No no crop over. No spice (laughs) mask. You know know the vibes. You know... No Vinci. No Notting Hill. No Trini. Nothing Hill. It's called Nothing Hill now. It's... it's, it's, But, you know, everyone's just mad, but... They can be the, mad the, all they the want. The main source is, you know, keep your ass home. And we could be, you know, boom shakalaka after quarantine. We could be all of that. But nobody's keeping still. It would be very nice if I had the opportunity to play mass next year. No, that's not going to happen. But see, the way, these, the, the way these people are set up, no one's, we're, not, we're never going to touch a road ever again. It's so funny, though, because I think Carnival will still go on. It's just that people can't come. I think that's what's going to be the out, the out, outlook. People and like people like who can't come. Anybody who's not like say from Trinidad, they'll still probably have a Trinidad carnival, not this year, but next year. But any locals in Trinidad will they will because that's part of the culture, you know. Crap over mm. will probably still happen, but just Bayesian people. Spice mass will happen with just Grenadians. You know what I mean? They're still going to have some kind of carnival aspect. But the problem will be that people, the, the, the regulations and the rules will be so high that a lot of people will be restricted to come. And that, that'll, that'll pose it even more. <laughs> Why can't I come type of mentality, you know? People being denied carnival is going to turn into a, a global event. So let's, let's not even put that into the universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about you. I I have multiple citizenships. So. <laughs> <Damn>. Anyway, <laughs> you, you're the Bali people. You're the problem. Wow. <laughs> not, not me, the problem. <laughs> uh, so oh let's get God. to our question of the week. Um, thank you, Roby, for being a part of that conversation. I think it was really important for our audience to get our point of view and to also do your research about the colonization in, in general. And, you know, come up with your own, you know, thoughts and opinions. But I think, yeah. once again, considering that travel is something that has certainly been a hot topic with everything going on, I think it's important to have these things in mind. So, Yep. Yeah. Well, let's get to our cue. It's a spicy one. Hmm. I think you're going to like it. Well, okay. Sure. So, we have another question from Reddit uh, from user uh, judgment. Oh, no. User write add five seven eight. 
I guess the name doesn't really matter here. Uh, the question is, am I the asshole for naming my son after my ex? This, you like to start these questions with asshole, I realize. It's a trend for you. Well, it's a, it's... It, 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 it's, it's a question that you like to, to it's a, pose. It's a thread I, on Reddit. I, I, I realize that. It's a I just pointed on, it out. Just a thread just on Just linking Reddit. it. That's all. All right. Just linking it. But go ahead. Well, if you have any questions for us, you can send your questions over to sophigpodcast at gmail.com and we will answer the questions for you. In the meanwhile, we're yep. going to answer if this person is the asshole. Okay, sure. So sit down and let me rap to you. Okay. So <laughs> the, the statement already starts with let me explain. That's never a good sign. <sighs> let me explain. When I... All right, so boom. A woman, 27, was 15. I was dating this guy at the time, 16. I was in love with him, and he was in love with me. We were oh. dating for a year. Mm -hmm. He was always telling me how much his parents were toxic and how he'll marry me, and we will move away together with his younger siblings. Fast oh. forward a year later, he died in a car crash. <gasps> I was extremely devastated. I come from a society where dating is looked down upon, so I couldn't tell my family about him. However, they realized something was wrong with me. I, could, I couldn't eat. I barely slept. At 18, my parents told me I'm getting married to this guy. At the time, he was 19. It was an arranged marriage, but wasn't forced. He is sweet. Okay. I didn't love him, but I didn't really mind him. Yikes. Okay. Our marriage isn't terrible or bad. I don't like the way this is going. It sounds fair to me. <laughs> Our marriage is what it is. It exists and we're in it. <laughs> but there isn't any love in it. We'll see. The way Aww. she was talking the way she was talking about it. Sucks. Yeah. There's no love there. Sorry. It is more of a friendship. Aw. Aw, that's not bad. Well, she married her best friend, but the fact is that she doesn't love her best friend. She, she loves him, but not in love with him, maybe. Right. But, yeah. Anyways, we have four kids together. Three boys what? and Whoa, a girl. that is a lot of love. Wait a minute. Okay, I'm... Hold on. Hold I'm befuddled. On. I'm befuddled. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Married to this guy. Don't really care for him. Not much love there, but we got kids. Because I guess that four needs to be... Them, the, four though. Four. Because I guess that's a part of the arrangement. Maybe the sex is really good. And the love Probably. is just not there. You know what? Yeah, okay. All Sometimes right. we marry... Friends that we don't really, um, sometimes we marry friends that we're not really interested in, but we have kids with because marriage. Okay, but that sounds like another topic, but okay. Let's not judge this young lady. Let's yep. just continue listening. Yep, yep. I named my youngest child after my ex, the ex that died, if people mm -hmm. are paying attention. When my husband found out, he was mad at mainly two things. How did he find out? So just two things. He was mad at two things. One, that I dated someone. And dated in quotation. Two, that I named our son after him. He named our first three kids. So when he found out about our youngest, he said, I should have listened to my mother and not married you. And I shouldn't have let you named him. Now he won't talk to me. Yikes. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to unpack. Let, I mean, first, it's the very shaky aspects of marriage. Very, very shaky. 
it, well, it, first it, and yeah. foremost, this no, wasn't her true it, love. It was a, it was <sighs> a train wreck waiting to happen. That's exactly what it was. Well, keep in mind, there's a lot of cultural aspects to this. This wasn't her first love. Her first love, unfortunately, died in a car accident. This guy was just the, he was the rebound. But mind you, it was arranged. So she wasn't really feeling that to begin with. Or him, right? The main person that she was in love with passed away. So outside of the fact that they were having kids together and all these things, and she just said there wasn't much love there, was like, I, he, okay, I guess. I mean, She yeah. decided that she was going to name her kid after that ex. And he got, and the husband got mad because it's like, wait, you dated someone before me? Me? Yeah, he, and on he top needs of that, to, to, to get it together. And homegirl should have He needs to take a walk around the, the block? She needs to, she should have took that to the grave. Why, why, did, why does he know that his son is named after Ruby, that was a That was a poor choice of words. <laughs> take it to the grave? Really? Take it to the grave. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Poor choice I of words. I would have. I would have. Which is bad. This but... girl is grieving. Okay. No, she's not grieving. She has no. four kids. Get the hell out of here, Vixie. And I don't even know how long, how old these kids are. But let's say you had kids back to back for four years. Four years, right? And now you want to bring this up knowing this guy. You, you've known him for four years now. You know how he's going to react. You know how he takes things. And you know... He doesn't even want you with somebody else. So, naming his child after someone else is only going to bring up problems. I personally feel that, I mean, asshole aside, I think that naming your son after someone that you were really attached to just leads to deeper rooted issues. What do you mean? You don't see a problem? I don't see a problem with her naming but she should have at least spoken to him about it say why yeah no 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 even even before the baby was born i mean like kind of thing like they should have had this conversation where they both can quote unquote heal he can tell her why he feels that she shouldn't be with anyone prior to his experiences and she can share about her past love and her past trauma. Like he shouldn't, be, he shouldn't feel threatened from somebody who's mm-hmm. passed away. Would you? Keep in mind, we're we're dismissing the cultural aspects, right? This is not just like a regular, regular marriage. This is an arranged marriage, right? And at the end, he says, "I should have listened to my mother and not married you." That's already a mama's boy aspect. So that's but already even kind of even if there. they're arranged, regardless, they they've been in it. They're in it. They have four mind kids. you. He, Right, but he was mad that she dated someone prior to him. That's already a red flag. That's what I'm saying. I don't even think that the conversation that you're pitching, I don't even think that could have even gone well. You know what I'm saying? Or that would have not went good in in the fact of her saying like, hey, before you, I was dating this guy who passed away. So, because he he wasn't even trying to hear that. For For me, at the end of the day, it's like, I... Even outside of the husband and how he feels or whatever, just for my, if I was this woman and I thought that I should name my son after this guy who I loved who passed away, I just feel like that is just causing more harm than good because now you're naming your child after this person 
and now it was just like a constant. I don't know if she felt like, oh, this is like my way of honoring this person or keeping them in my heart. Right. But now it's like it's a constant reminder, and it just feels like that. That's just a lot of. Tra- You're not naming this child out of love; it's out of trauma, right? It just feels like a well, traumatic well, response. Well, you don't know that. You just said that she can do it out of honor, and maybe I don't. You know what? I don't even know their context. I don't know. Maybe she could have been somebody who actually helped her with self-love and healing and growth or whatever. And that could be something that she aspires one of her son to emulate, I guess, when he grows up. Something like that. Who knows? But the married persons in that relationship should have that conversation prior. Like, prior to all of this just exploding, regardless if it's an arranged marriage or not, they decided to still get married, even if it was arranged. Like, that process is already gone. They're four years down the line. Well, four children down the line. Clearly, there's no open communication because she said she didn't love him. I don't know if he loves her or he is. You know, there's so many different avenues to this. But I don't think she's an asshole (laughs) for doing it. I think she has poor judgment. Right. She has poor judgment. And I don't think she should have done it without informing him first. I agree with that. I agree that she should have had the conversation, to your point, had that conversation, and once again, it, it's his, it is his child as well. It's his child, yeah. It's so not her child. Have, that should have Regardless been Regardless if she felt like she needed to honor somebody who she had so much love for or somebody who she had on a pedestal or somebody that she thinks would make a great person in society. You know, people name their children after people all the time. Regardless of where her intention lies, maybe she wanted to be an asshole about it too and she's still in love, like you said, from a place of hurt. Whatever her intention was, she should have had that talk with her husband first, the father of the child. Regardless regardless of of where it's stemming from. Or regardless of her feelings about the husband or their marriage or whatever. Yeah, you're right. There should have been a conversation. So this makes her kind of an a-hole. Kind of. Misguided. Yeah. Misguided. Misguided. I mean, all within the All right, the no, concept. she's an asshole if she actually just named a child. And it's like, fuck you, nigga. I'm going to name this Henry. Yep. Not Henry. <laughs> Henry right. seems like a name. I don't know. I mean, I don't have anything against Henry's. It's just... Sounds like you are jealous of uh, one of your ex's lovers who are named Henry as well, too, because it it looked like it triggered you just a little bit. The answer is you are completely wrong. So, we are going to end this show on that note. Thank you so much for listening, because where did that come from? You would look triggered by Henry. Like, no, it's just King, a weird... This King Henry, Henry VIII, My so Jew- many Henrys out there, and Henry was like, oh, Henry. You pulled, the name, you pulled the name out of nowhere, so I don't know if that was a real name that you knew, or... I think Henry's a real name. I'm not saying it's not a real name. <laughs> I'm saying that was a very quick name to come up with. But anyway... Neither here nor there. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it this week. I hope you all are doing well out there. Make sure to follow the show on all the social media platforms, on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as listening to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform. That includes SoundCloud and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio and all the other ones out there. 
And make sure to follow me and Rovi on our respective social media platforms. Yay. Uh, follow Rove. It's always a good time. Tell you right it, now. Is it? Non-stop action coming from your end. It, it, it's, it's suboptimal, guys. I don't, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> she is watering herself down. I'm telling you, it is Fun Time USA over on Roby's Land. Not okay. Fun Time USA. The place that shut down. Oh. That's wow. a throwback, okay? Let wow. that throwback live. Not the for, shutdown. For Brooklyn people, y'all know the vibes. Y'all know what time it is, okay? Fun Time USA. I said what I said. All right. Anyway. No judgment over here. I would hope not. Call me Planet Fitness. Oh. I don't even know what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I, I get it. No judgment plan for the... Wow, Matt's slow. <laughs> That's okay. I'm still not judging you, so... Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not judging you either, friend. There we Aww. are. All right. Well, all, thank you for listening once again, and we will check y'all next time. Thank you. Stay safe. Definitely sophisticated ignorance, and I'm fucking with it. <laughs>